it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not about to get indicted by the New York District Attorney, but dig this, Donald Trump is that's not right your 45th president heading down to center street as we speak uh we are awaiting his arrival we are awaiting the unsealing of the trump indictment and we will walk you through this entire low point in our nation's history today at 888-788-9910 the phone number if you want to be a part of this shindig also the phone number If you don't want to be a part of this shindig, you just want to call me up and read me my truth. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. I'm into that. I normally pay money for that on Craigslist. So either way you slice it, 888-788-9910. We have stacked the deck. Emily Campagno is going to be here. She's, of course, a Fox News legal mastermind. Former NYPD inspector Paul Morrow will be in the house. There's going to be a Sean Duffy sighting. And, of course, all your calls, texts, tweets, and carrier pigeons, and they all fall under the same jurisdiction. Everyone is welcome. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Be a Libertarian. Be an Independent. All we ask is that you don't be a There you go. So we begin the show. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Uh, Not a happy day for America, uh, but I will give you a little chicken soup for the beleaguered partisan soul. Uh, I, me, Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. I'm filling in for the King of Late Night tonight. I will be hosting the number one late night show in America, Greg Gutfeld, tonight at 11. Oh, girl. Take off the apron. Jenny Fela, we are going out to dinner tonight, girl. Unfortunately, uh, we're not going out to dinner. We'll be here making all kinds of TV magic and hoping and praying that we're not all starring in the series finale of America. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know. But in the 246-year history of this country, we've never had one of these. Never had one. We have never indicted a sitting or former president Now, it is true Ulysses S. Grant, as president, once got a ticket for speeding on a horse. But this is not the same as prosecuting someone for allegedly paying hush money to someone they referred to on Twitter as a horse face. Stormy Daniels. Hey, girl. She's making that extra money on OnlyFans. Uh, What we're going to do today. One by one, line by line, as this indictment is unsealed, assuming it gets unsealed while we're on the air, okay, is we're going to take you inside the unprecedented nature of what's going on today, and we're going to tell you why it's happening. Now, as of this moment, it's mostly speculation. And what I mean by that is we're hearing multiple claims that Trump's about to get indicted on 34 counts of some type of business fraud. This is absolutely gross. It would seem that way because we do know. What we do know is the feds looked into this charge and said, we'll pass. We do know the previous district attorney looked into this charge and said, we'll pass. 
But Alvin Bragg took a good hard look at this charge and went full price is right. Come on down. But when it comes to the actual evidence, the statute of limitations and the legal triple Lindy, he would need to execute off the high board to make this thing work in the water. Okay, it's looking an awful lot like this is a dead end case. So why is it being brought, you ask? It's being brought really quickly, just so you understand. Alvin Bragg is engaged in an exercise in image rehabilitation. What I mean is New York is a one-party town. It's 95% liberal here in the city. Okay, he is failing. He is failing the people who put him into office by every objectionable metric. Okay, crime is up. Rapes are up. Robberies are up. Assaults are up. It's a bad time to be in New York. Alvin Bragg, knowing that he is funded, in fact, by George Soros, that he does support a lot of woke prison policies. Everything woke turns to Okay, it's too late. It's already, as Trump said, it has already, if you looked around New York, turned to So Alvin Bragg, who has to run for re-election, this is not a Fed who's appointed, handpicked, to serve at the discretion of the leader of the government. This is a guy who has to run for that re-election, and he can do so by catering to the whims of the one-party political town he happens to be in. Now, for Alvin Bragg, this is a winning case even if he loses it because he gets the street credit being like, he took on Trump. Yay! You don't understand. There is a whole entire industry, the entire Upper West Side of Manhattan. They're, all of their happiness is predicated on getting Trump. Like, in a weird way, I feel bad. There's a lot of couples on the Upper West Side of Manhattan tonight who are about to find out after four years of telling themselves otherwise – that arresting Donald Trump is not actually going to give the couple a happy sex life. What the hell did you just say? There's been so many, you know, oh, honey, I know we can't stand each other now. If they lock up Trump, girl, oh, you're going to get it. And the woman's just say, oh, I can't stand you. I hate your guts, you white liberal elite. I hate your guts at our house on the west side. I hate your guts at our house up in Greenwich, Connecticut. I hate your guts that are home down in the Caribbean. I hate your guts on our private plane, but you're right. If they arrest Trump, it is going down tonight. I am going to tear you apart, girl. That's how they roll. They, Donald Trump, the prosecution of Donald Trump, is, it, is an, it is beyond, like, political passion. This is fetish stuff. Okay, and understand, just so you get why I would say something like this. It's not just because I know these people. I grew up driving them all around in my taxis, getting talked to like the help, talked down to. Really funny. It's two attitudes towards a white cab driver. First of all, half of the people um, think you're like an endangered species. There's not a lot of us out there, so they don't actually – they get in there excited, you know. They think they met like a saber-toothed tiger. They want you to like leave their aunt a voicemail like, you won't believe what I saw, a white cab driver. For real, people love a white cab driver, but we live in such a politically correct day and age, they don't know how to say white because they don't want to. So people will get in there and be like, oh, it's uh, so good to see a, a Native American New Yorker driving a cab. I had a guy call me a Yankee. He's like, we don't get a lot of Yankees driving us. I was like, yeah, that's because Derek Jeter makes $18 million a year. Kind of a waste of time. But the point is some people either have that look of astonishment where they think you're either an endangered species or you're filling in for my pal Ben Bailey on Cash Cab. And then there's, you know, the elites in Manhattan who just get in and just start dumping, just dumping on conservatives. 
as they it's funny like they cause you don't understand they hated Trump long before he became president. I'm not talking about the media types who took his money and went down to Mar-a-Lago and had them on the show. OK, the Howard Stern liked him. Joe Scarborough liked him. OK, the guy was on The View over 100 times. The View was awful. But the minute he turned around and ran for president, even those people were like, oh, hell no. Literally Hitler. I can't believe this guy. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did him. So all hands on deck today. If you are a liberal, this is the big one. This is the moment. This is their OJ chase. But for all intents and purposes, they've told us O.J. murdered Nicole, but he's about to head down to the courthouse and get popped for double parking outside her house. This charge is not the treasonous Russian collusion we were sold. This charge is not he withheld aid from Ukraine, so we impeached him. No, that fell flat, too. This charge is not he slandered dead veterans. This charge is not he stole classified information and sold it on the side. This charge is... The dude slept with a porn star. I love it when you talk dirty. Okay, but the point is, the accusation is in order to keep her quiet, he paid her $130,000, okay? And they want you to believe that because his lawyer cut the check, it was really Trump cutting the check. Believable, okay? But that this would constitute some type of campaign finance violation because Trump was doing this to hide it from the voters. Now, I got to be honest with you. He has other motivations to hide this type of story, one of them being a gorgeous supermodel by the name of Melania Trump. Hubba, hubba. Okay, but they're trying to convince you, and that's the charge, that this local misdemeanor can upgrade to a felony based on the fact that Trump did this with his campaign in mind. Now, they're going to have an uphill battle. Every legal analyst says so. And the fact that people have already started to characterize this as a politically motivated hit job is only going to get more complicated if, in fact, the judge tries to impose a gag order today. Because one of the things they do traditionally in certain cases is they put the suspect under a gag order, meaning you can't walk out the door and you can't say anything about this case. Wrong. Yeah, it's not going to work with Donald Trump, number one. Number two, it shouldn't work with America. It's a presidential candidate. It's a former United States president who happens to be the overwhelming favorite to win his party's nomination. The idea that a judge might want to silence him and he's not able to speak out during his presidential campaign. I mean, dude, no way it's going to happen. Trump's lawyer, Joe Tacopino, was asked about this. Here it is. Clip two. There's been some speculation that the judge might impose a gag order. Have you heard anything about that? There's no indication that there will be a gag order. It can't happen in this case. Look, when you have a gag order, you have to balance a couple things. The First Amendment, right, which is important to all of Americans, and the right to a fair trial for both sides. So that's a balancing act. Um, Here you have something uniquely different. The defendant is the leading Republican candidate for the office of the President of the United States and will be campaigning. Um, Hard to put a gag order when he's going to be fielding questions about his current legal situation. Think about that. So Trump's going to go out there on the campaign trail, and they're like, uh, all right, well, yeah, you know, good luck at your rally today. No taking questions on this. Okay, I would go out on a limb and say Trump is going to take questions, give answers, and do all kinds of things before he goes into the court and when he comes out. As it stands, he's scheduled to speak tonight at Mar-a-Lago at 8 o'clock. He's going on. He wants to make sure he gets on the air before I come on and do Gutfeld, because obviously if Jimmy's doing Gutfeld, nobody's watching Trump. You're so dumb. 
You are really dumb. For real. I get it. But Trump's speaking at 8. I will be hosting Gutfeld at 11. Here is Alan Dershowitz, who was on Hannity last night, a show I will be on tomorrow night, talking about how Trump's case is going to be impossible to get a fair trial in New York and that he's going to have to push pretty aggressively for a change of venue, something Trump's already doing on Truth Social. And, you know, you could argue already that this grand jury has struggled, has struggled with, you know, not being impartial just based on the fact that they've indicted a president for the first time in 246-year history of the country based on charges that have already expired under the statute of limitations Unless they are grouped into a federal charge that would buy them an extra six months, it's very much a patchwork quilt in order to make this charge stand up based on what we know. And outside of what we know, there is obviously the possibility they've pieced together some other type of finance charge. But the reality is the feds had his records, didn't come up with something like this. The last district attorney had his records, didn't come up with something like this. So the fact that this grand jury, based on what seems to be nothing more than Michael Cohen's word, a guy that's been convicted twice for lying to the court, it would very much seem like this guy's throwing a political Hail Mary, Alan Bragg, Alvin Bragg, and doesn't care if anybody catches it. Because even if he loses, he gets to say, I'm a national name now. Look at me. But here is Alan Dershowitz, a guy who openly admits he didn't vote for Trump either time, still taking his side because that's what you do when you respect the rule of law in this country. If you see it being unevenly applied, if you see a two-tiered system of justice, if you see the fact that justice, which is supposed to be blind, is clearly staring at one political candidate, if you're a man of any integrity, you go out there and you call it out. He knows what he's talking about. Here is Dershowitz, clip four. The only disagreement I have with Joe, who's a great lawyer, I think he's too much of an optimist. I cannot imagine an elected judge in the borough of Manhattan throwing out this case and having to go to his family and say, I'm the lawyer who freed Donald Trump or his friends or his business associates. All he has to do is remember what happened to me when I defended, just defended Donald Trump on the Senate lost all of my friends, clients, business associates, and no judge is going to want to be, quote, Dershowitz. So but, you're but, not going to have an opportunity to get a fair assessment of statute of limitations, change of venue. This is a fixed case if it's tried in Manhattan. There is the rule for everybody else, and there's the rule for Donald Trump, his lawyers, his associates. I admire your honesty. He's being dead honest. Okay, it's a two-tiered system of justice if Donald Trump, okay, can be charged for a campaign finance violation that saw Hillary Clinton pay a fine, Barack Obama pay a fine, and Bill Clinton do nothing. Okay, Bill Clinton basically went to Hooters when he was done paying Paula Jones to shut up. Uh, But this is the reality. Alan Dershowitz, a guy who openly admits he didn't vote for Trump, was still chased out of town for defending Trump. He was banned from the social scene in Martha's Vineyard. They're like, hell no, we ain't hanging out with you here, even though he's on their side, even though he saw it their way. They are so politically transactional that the minute you defy their mindset, you know, whatever their, hap- their reckless impulse of the day happens to be, they're done with you. Okay, that's the bottom line. So when the Democrats get out there today and tell you no one's above the law, they're saying so knowing 52% of violent felons have been freed under their watch. Okay, when the Democrats get out there and say, we're just, you know, protecting democracy here. 
You know, they're doing so knowing this is an attempt to silence a legitimate presidential candidate who happens who happens to be his party's leading candidate right now as we speak. You know, when the Democrats get out there and say, oh, this is for the good of America. Okay, what they're really trying to say is it's for the good of the Democrats and only the Democrats. Democrats are so full of crap. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Emily Campagna's coming up. Paul Morrill's coming up. Sean Duffy's coming up. Batting lead off. If ever there was a man who could start the conversation, John is out in Butte, Montana. Yo, John. Hey, brother. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. I mean, we always have to get your calls on early in the show because we don't know what time the bar opens in Butte. Uh, oh, yeah. They, they kind of open early. <laughs> they, they go hard in Butte. Is that why nobody noticed that spy balloon for a few hours? You guys were at happy hour? Uh, it's a happy hour all day long. What are you talking about? That's the spirit. That's the spirit. <laughs> Uh, are you buying this prosecution, or what do you think's going on? I don't buy it one bit, and you know, like I was telling Mikey, well, I, I'll leave a few things out, but I don't, <laughs> I don't buy any aspect of this, only because of the fact that if you look at who they're trying to prosecute, yeah, because if they're trying to prosecute Trump for all of this, then they need to go back and start looking at a whole lot of other politicians. Yep. Well, that's the slippery slope here, is if you're going to go and open this whole big box, you got problems for a lot of people in Washington. So I know they won't say that out loud, but believe me, there are other people who are concerned. Uh, And you're right. I mean, this would only be it would only be Trump. And that's the thing about when Trump got elected. You know, the Democratic warning was like, oh, Trump's going to destroy faith in all of our institutions. But it's actually the Democrats in their, you know, obsession with getting Trump that have destroyed our faith in so many institutions. You know, we trusted the DOJ when Trump became president. Uh, It's, you know, in, in the intervening years, we've had reasons to not take them at their word. But wouldn't you say that the country itself, its institutions have damaged their credibility more than Trump did by attacking them? A hundred percent, because at this point in time, you can't trust anything related to law enforcement. I mean, a lot of the law enforcement officers themselves, that's one thing. But when you start looking at the criminal court systems and you start looking at the Department of Justice, the yep. FBI and everybody else, yep. this has been so politicized. That I, I don't think there is a way that anybody can recover from this. Well, I'm going to tell Alvin Bragg exactly what you said. I'll let him know. I'll let, let you know if he drops the charges. Back after this. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing hot for teacher. But under the Biden administration, we had a vaccine mandate. It's now called shot for teacher. Fauci watch you, you know, mandated that shot. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. It would seem that way. Uh, the World Health Organization, there's so much going on. We're fighting over the Trump impeachment yesterday, uh, the indictment anyway. Yesterday, we found out the Chinese spy balloon flew over our whole entire country, f- surveilled our most sensitive nuclear sites. Biden is such a disaster. Right. And, uh, you know. Two months ago, they were like, don't worry, it's not spying. 
Now we find out it spied to like, don't worry, it didn't spy that much, you see. Come on, don't bullshit me. It's hard to take them at their word on anything, okay? Your kid's got to get a vaccine. It's mandatory. Can't go to school. What do we find out a year later after all the big pharma money cashes out, buys another ski home in Vail, Colorado? Oh, yeah, well, turns out your kid didn't need the shot, but I'm glad you got him one, okay? They're always going back on their word. That's why it's hard to take anything at face value, including the political persecution of Donald Trump, who is scheduled to surrender the New York courthouse any minute now. We're taking your calls in this hour. William is in South Bend, Indiana. Yo, William. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking my call. Of course. I appreciate it. Um, so, you know what, as long as there's one of my coworkers that's so <laughs> pissed off because he tries to get on and he can't. But oh, anyhow, <laughs> that's, that's all right because he has nothing good to say. Um, so <clears throat> there's nothing that's going to happen to these people mm-hmm. as long as the Democrats are in control. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to take place. Nobody's going to be prosecuted. I mean, my God, Biden and his son should be, right now, they should be on trial for treason with what they've done with the Chinese. Yeah. This, this is absolutely asinine that they're going after Trump they're, because they're scared to death of them. I, you know, again, yeah. until they stopped taking the high road, it was, what was it, Eric Holder that was Obama's AG. Yep. Do you recall him saying, when they go low, we'll we, go lower. You we'll got to kick, kick them when they're yeah. down. Yep. And and that's exactly what the way they look at it. You know, taking the high road is a dead end. It leads nowhere. Yep. They've got to fight fire with fire. And and I really believe that, and I, I don't know what your screener's name was. Mikey. But, um, Ricky. Okay, <laughs> Mikey. so we had a little bit of a conversation. I said, you know, there was – Trump had – he was in the White House, and we had all these Republicans that had the time to get behind him. And I really believe that they were worried about their cart being upset as well. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started turning their back on him. Well, they turned their back on him. Now this is where we're at. Yeah. You know, well, again, the old saying, are you, yeah. how are you, you like where you're at now? How was it, you know, five years ago? How was it yeah, three yeah. years ago? Where no. do you think you are now, and how do you like it now? Yeah, it's, it's not just, pretty. It's not no. We're, we're no. in a bad spot. We're in a bad spot. And you know, the the Republican Party, to the credit of the people who are running against Trump, they've right. actually spoken up. Like DeSantis, Pence, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, the establishment guys, a little quiet because I think something you alluded to is the fact that at the tippy top of this government, a lot of Republicans and Democrats are the same. You know, the Mitch McConnells of the world are no different than the Nancy Pelosi's of the world. They get together, they hang out all the time. And that's where Trump is really the victim of, you know, being an outsider. You know, he talks about the potency of being an outsider and he's not beholden to these people. But that's what makes him such a rich target is, you know, it's not so much that they're going after Trump to get to you and me so much as they're going after Trump to remind every other billionaire out there that might want to run for office someday that they will take them down. I mean, that's what this is to me. They're making an example of the guy. But, uh, but you make yeah. you make a great point. But we're the ones, yeah. the common people that pay their taxes, yep. go to work. And we're the ones that suffering more. Yep, we're definitely. the ones that are having to deal with inflation, not these people that are in the White House and mm-hmm. that that have their padded money that comes in, their, their salaries. And all of a sudden, it's amazing. I'd like to know by the end of, of – oh, um, uh, 
Pete. Uh, um, Mayor Pete? Yeah, yeah, Mayor Pete out of South Bend of all places. Yeah, you're playing. Um, I'd like to see what his net worth is by the time he's done. Because if well. you recall him standing on the stage and said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I've got le- the least amount of money than any of you. You're all millionaires, and I'm not. <laughs> Let's see what his his net value is. And, oh, well, how did he accumulate all that money, yeah. I'm wondering? Well, hmm. he, didn't, he didn't make it by keeping the trains on the tracks, I can assure you that. <laughs> that, that, or, that or keeping the flights on the, in the air with uh, making sure that the flights all the the Holy schedules heck. are on time. What a mess. William, uh, yeah. great call. Yeah. We need more of this passion. Keep fighting the good fight, brother. We'll do it again. Uh, what a great – William makes a good point, man. It's, it's, you really feel like the little guy, the tax-paying, law-abiding American, is just not the priority in this country. And it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Obviously, the border is a good example of that, you know, where – you know, you had to have a vaccine or you couldn't leave the house, but you could come into the country without a vaccine. You know, you couldn't go to school. They were shut down. But migrant kids were having open school in San Diego. You know, there was always this weird double standard. You know, the stock markets lost 25 percent of retirement savings, but we're bailing out pensions in Ukraine like that's going on right now as we speak. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Really? You feel a lot of times like the law-abiding, tax-paying citizen is just never the priority here. I mean, what happens after one of these horrific shootings? Who are the first people they go after? The law-abiding gun owners. They didn't yell about the shooter in Tennessee last week. We still haven't even seen the manifesto. They've spent the last week and a half doing two things. One, saying we should blame every conservative who supports the Second Amendment. And two, saying we need to look out for the trans community right now. You know, they're really under attack in this. No, they're not. Nobody's attacking them. Nobody cares. Okay, we don't want kids being forced into gender surgeries before their bodies have had a chance to fully develop. But that doesn't mean you can't turn 18 and do whatever the hell you want. But the left is living in this pretend world where they're always selling this imminent threat of people being under attack or in harm's way because of Donald Trump and his supporters. And because that's their M.O., it becomes justifiable in their heads to crack down on you and your rights, to not prioritize you and your needs. Don't ever forget, okay, they were willing to fire you from a job for a vaccine that doesn't even work, and they were willing to take it a step further and start shaming you. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because, frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. I'm surrounded by idiots. And lo and behold, the shot didn't even work. But they were comfortable othering you, ostracizing you, persecuting you and your values and your way of life. That's how they roll. If you're just a good, decent, church-going conservative, I mean, imagine, imagine, they shot up a Christian school, three kids last week. Has Biden even said the word Christian since it happened? The answer would be no. No, but the White House has issued plenty of statements about, well, it's a tough time for the transgender community. Let's make sure we look out for them. Wait, what? Transgender community just shot up a bunch of little kids. Okay, they're prioritizing the wrong things. I'm not saying transgender people shouldn't feel safe in our society. Go be whoever the hell you want to be. It's the whole point of America. E pluribus unum. But we are fighting the wrong battles. Them going after Trump in a place like New York, where over 50 percent of the violent criminals go free. I got to tell you, if you're a woman walking the streets of New York tonight with two cans of mace in your purse, like every woman I know, 
You're taking no joy. You're finding no safety or solace in the fact that they're about to ring up an ex-president. Daniel is out in Manhattan. Manhattan, Kansas, though. You're out in the safe for Manhattan. Yo, Daniel. Hey, Jimmy. My man. What a mess. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a, I'm a speck of red in a sea of blue out here in this liberal college town. <laughs> but one of the things I just... I, Kind of wanted to bring up a just kind of a point. It's like this. Uh, I think it was the old Allstate uh, insurance commercial mm-hmm. where uh, they're constantly holding Trump out on a fishing rod and say, "Oh, we almost had him." Mm-hmm. So they they couldn't knock him out from you know popular vote versus the electoral college in 2016. Mm-hmm. They couldn't touch him with a failed impeachment one, failed impeachment two, and then we go on with the uh, the January 6th shenanigans and the circus, and now we got. This thing here, you got a an indictment based on the um, on the uh, stories from a porn star and an ex convict. Yep. It's like they're constantly teasing them, and I just I pay yep. attention to social media and I I watch everybody get their hopes so up high just to watch it crash every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what's going to happen, though. That's the one part of this. Batman keeps getting off the wheel of doom. You know, every time you go to commercial and they're like, we got him. You come back from commercial, and now he's punching people in the face and running away in his cape. It's just the funniest thing to me. And, it, I, and I was just listening to you a few moments ago, and I want to make one point when you talked yeah. about the trans community where they're, they're constantly saying, oh, we're under attack, we're under mm-hmm. attack. Mm-hmm. And you said nobody even cares. That's their problem. Yeah. <laughs> they want to be in the spotlight, and they can't get in the spotlight. I know. Because this last thing just didn't work out for them. No, that's so – like, Darn it. Missed that, it again. Nope. That's why, that's why we have Budweiser uh, with transgender influencers endorsing the beer now. It's unbelievable. I just threw it out this yeah. morning. Yeah, well, their par- apparently their parent company is called Tranheiser Bush. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, the Good- king of beers. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we'll do it again, Daniel. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, man. But Daniel is right. The Democrats are all fired up. They think they got Batman again. He's in the corner. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to hold this country together, trying to hold this city together right now as your 45th president is on the verge of surrendering for an indictment down in lower Manhattan. Uh, Joining us now is a guy who spent a long time holding this city together on the NYPD, his retired inspector and Fox News fan favorite, Paul Morrow on the line. Hey, man. Hey, how are you doing? Is fan favorite fair? Are you getting a lot of, like, supportive mail and shout-outs and stuff at this point? Because you're on all the time. No, no, you're being just completely charitable. Nobody knows who I am, and nobody wants to know. <laughs> yes, so, that's not true. I got you sit out as a cop, and that's how it continues. That's my life. That's Thanks not much. That's not even true. I, I, I applaud you for pointing it out, though. Thank you. <laughs> Paul Morrow, so humble. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of parallels between you and Trump, because he's also, you know, known for being humble, you know? Oh, oh, yes, exactly. And, of course, I'm a multi-billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let's do some nuts and bolts here. Uh, thank you for the time. I know it's a busy, crazy day. Uh, first and foremost, they haven't unsealed the indictment until he is actually in the courtroom. Is that what we are to believe? Yeah, so that's the rule in New York, that technically the uh, perpetrator has to be, quote-unquote, in custody 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, look, that's a little bit squishy. Um, but once it's day of and he arrives, he's going into the courthouse, you know, however you construe in custody, you'll start to get it out. If nothing else, it'll be sort of officially released at the arraignment. Okay, because that's, you know, kind of my understanding. And then so to the earlier point, you and I talked about this offline. If, in fact, this indictment is what everyone has been discussing for the last 48 hours, 34 counts of financial fraud, would that not lead you to believe it was leaked? And then there was, of course, you at the ops desk, your site, uh, had spoken to the fact that it would be a class E felony if they divulge grand jury information. Yeah, and so and that's black letter law. And look, in litany of offenses here uh, to the you know uh, to the American justice system, the fact that the grand jury uh, decision and details was leaked may not be sort of Mount Olympus, but it has the advantage of being actionable. That is to say, Donald Trump can walk out. But this is what I would do. I'd walk out of the arraignment and I'd say, "Ladies and gentlemen of the media, meet me at the fifth precinct." And I would walk up Elizabeth Street, let them follow me the entire – that's walkable from the courthouse, go into the 5th Precinct, which is what uh, the courthouse is in, the precinct it's in, go in, ruin some poor desk sergeant's day, and <laughs> lodge a felony complaint with the police for an e-felony mm-hmm. against me, Donald Trump, yep. by leaking these uh, grand jury details and um, skewing the potential jury pool and uh, – you know all sort of uh, damaging my presumption of innocence. And again, that's black letter law. Mm-hmm. They'll have to fill that out. Now, the NYPD almost certainly wouldn't investigate it because you'd have a conflict. The NYPD investigating a crime like that would bring it to the DA's office. Yep. And so obviously you can't do that. So it probably all ends up with the attorney general, mm-hmm. but it gets the process going. It's completely legitimate. It's been done in the past. And it's a way to you know counteract the ludicrous no- uh, narrative that we currently have, again, assuming the indictment is what's being reported. Yes. Well, one of the things, uh, Paul Morrow is on the line, retired NYPD inspector. One of the things people are kind of wondering is maybe this involves a second payoff because there was a Karen McDougal girl, I believe, who right. he was tied to at one point. But we haven't seen anything that would indicate that, have we? No. And in fact, the supposed, the notional payoff to her mm-hmm. is in a similar time period as was the payoff to Stormy. I don't think that you can hook this event, this quote-unquote crime, to the payoff, because if you do that as the moment of the incident, you fall outside the statute of limitations, no matter how you sort of construe it. Assuming they don't try to, you know, some crazy theory of he was out of jurisdiction for the four years he was president, which, by the way, has to be continuous, and clearly it wasn't. He was back to New York a number of times. So I don't think that's going to work. I think more likely what's going to happen is, according to what I've read and I've looked into it, you know, it's funny how quickly you forget. We all followed it at the time. But Trump and Cohen's estrangement fully began in 2018. Okay. And that's when those two really parted ways. Mm-hmm. So what they likely are construing here, and they're using Cohen, this is just a guess, mm-hmm. they're using Cohen as the witness to do it, is they're saying at some point in 2018, Cohen and Trump conspired to continue the cover-up mm-hmm. by some means. Yes. And that brings it forward to 2018. Now, you had the five years for the felony. That's why he really needs the felony. Mm-hmm. You have five years, such a limitation for a felony. It gets you into 2023, and recall, uh, Andrew Cuomo, during COVID, mm-hmm. stopped 
the counting of statutes of limitations during COVID because the courts were closed and he yep. gains eight months there. Oh my goodness. And so my read is he gets it somehow or other into 2018 through some collusive activity between Cohen mm-hmm. and uh, Donald Trump or even Donald Trump and maybe David Pecker. Uh-huh. And, yeah, the Inquirer. And, right. And so some action occurred in 2018 and that's how he's getting inside the statute so, of limitations. So you're telling the American people if a train leaves Chicago at the same time a car leaves Philly – and I get yes. a black eye by a stampede of wild elephants followed by one baby zebra. This rises to the level of a federal statute? Yeah, that's right. If the, if the moon is in the third house of Aquarius. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. All of that it, for this. Terrible. My, it's just so bad. My theory, and I don't mean to, you know, I want to show my cards. You know I'm hosting Gutfeld tonight. But I have. Uh, I'm excited to see that. That's going to be great. I'm going to watch. Listen, say what you want about low-level extortion and hostage-taking situations, but they work when I need a good booking. Okay, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> you get the and job. Plenty of dirt on Guffell. Yeah, you can do. Well, you know, you do actually. I just distract him. You give him bubble tape. He likes the. He pops oh, the I bubbles. A, I have a wall to yeah. get it. I have a... <laughs> <laughs> you, you do. Last thing, I got a minute. Okay, I wanted to throw this at you. Um, I would imagine Trump is going to file a motion to change the venue on this thing. Now, I do yeah. know they tried 9-11 terrorists down the block from ground zero. So what are the odds that Trump actually gets this granted? Probably very, very low. Um, mm-hmm. Judges don't like to do it. It really usually takes extraordinary circumstances. And the argument against it is going to be where on earth are we going to move this that people haven't heard about it and the yeah. jury hasn't been tainted. What I do think, however, mm-hmm. is there'll be motion. To, I don't think the judge is going to have the guts to dismiss this as it should. No way. So he'll let it play out and it'll go on and on. But <laughs> I got to tell you, after today, it's going to be background noise because ultimately this thing is going to be thrown out. Yay. That's the, that's what I think too. But you're right. There's no judge that's going to show his face in town. Uh, if he was the guy who threw it out. That's uh, going to be interesting. Paul Morrow, epic as always. I will. I'll talk to you tonight after the show. Okay. Awesome. You're the man. See you at happy hour. There he goes. There we go. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are doing the damn thing on a historic day in our country. Not historic in a good way. Unless you count the fact that I'm hosting the Greg Gutfeld show tonight at 11 o'clock on Fox News. Uh, But I do believe history will show that the indictment of a former United States president was probably of greater historical significance to our country. And we're going to carry it at great length in this hour. Emily Campagna will be here. She's a Fox News legal analyst, co-host of Outnumbered. And, of course, Sean Duffy, former congressman who served on behalf of the people of Wisconsin, will be stopping by as well. 888-788-9910 if you'd like to come over. You don't have to, like, take off your shoes or anything. You don't have to bring a bunt cake. You don't know it's a gift. It's just a radio show. I always say Fox Across America's, you know, America's family meeting, and I'm kind of the deadbeat dad at the head of the table leading this conversation. But it doesn't mean we observe any formalities. You know, you just call in. You don't call in. You text. You tweet. You carry your pigeon. It doesn't matter. You're all welcome. It is very much an all-skate on this show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. Now, the media, oh, they care. They are not happy. They are not happy with Trump. They're not happy with conservatives. You know, they've been trying to get this guy for so long that, you know, if you ever remember being a kid on Christmas Eve, 
how fired up you were that Santa was coming in the morning. It's just a mess. It's also like being a kid, for those of you who didn't observe Christmas, being a kid the last day before vacation, like spring break, winter break. You know, everybody's antsy, so worked up, so excited. Teacher can't get you to sit still. You're a mess. Well, that is the Democrats on indictment eve last night. Okay, they were running polls. This is amazing. They were running polls over on ABC and CNN about whether people supported Trump's indictment. Now, why is this significant that they'd be running these polls? Because we don't know what's in the indictment yet. Correct the mundo. <laughs> Can you tell me whether or not you support an indictment if you don't know what the guy's being indicted for? I think he's got a point. Yeah. And you know what that point is? CNN is the worst. When you devote the entirety of your programming schedule to Orange Man Bad, it does pull you into a place of emotion that would deny you the self-awareness that might otherwise get you to go, hey, you know, I sound a little crazy right now. In their mind, it made sense to run this poll. So let me give you this CNN clip because I found it so fascinating. Where obviously, you know, they're polling people who lean to the left, who if you're watching CNN, if you're one of the seven guys watching it at this point, you got to be pretty anti-Trump to still be sticking with it after Russia, Ukraine, selling classified information, you know, impeachment number two, the slandering of the dead veterans, the famous two scoops of ice cream scandal. They've the taxes. They've thrown everything at this guy known to man. So if you're still sticking with it, you're still going with it at this point. It's almost commendable. And uh, apparently CNN on indictment eve so giddy about the idea of Santa Claus coming down the chimney and leaving them this political present. They couldn't get to bed last night. So they started polling based on a fantasy of what might be in the indictments. They haven't opened the present. They don't know. But we'll poll anyway because Santa's coming and the kids are fired up. Although every legal analyst has told us that when this trial sees the light of day, uh, there's not a lot to be fired up about. Exactly. But here is CNN running the poll. I thought this was amazing. Clip 19. We're getting new CNN polling revealing how the American public is reacting to the former president's indictment. CNN political director David Chalian is breaking it all down for us. David, uh, it looks like the majority of Americans based on this poll, actually support the move. That's right, Wolf. We uh, went into the field and did this uh, new exclusive CNN poll conducted by SSRS just after the indictment. And look at the results here. 60% of Americans approve of the indictment of Donald Trump, 40% disapprove. Look at this broken down by party, Wolf. As you might suspect, 94% of Democrats, near, nearly universal on the Democratic side, approve. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Do you want to know why nobody should be buying it just so we're all on the same page? They're asking people whether they approve or disapprove of an indictment without knowing what's in the actual indictment. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. So what is this a poll of? Not the indictment. It's a poll of CNN viewers on whether or not they like Donald Trump. That's true. That is true. Seriously, this is like, you know going to a fat camp and polling the attendees on whether or not they like pizza. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say if every kid's 350 pounds, they probably got some pizza enthusiasts hanging out in the audience. You know what I'm saying? Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. I mean, really. 
What is? How can you ask me whether I approve or disapprove of an indictment without knowing what's in the indictment? This is a Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. That's all, folks. If the indictment is what we're being told, though, if you wanted to take it a step further, the liberal media in the past has not called for the indictment or imprisonment of anybody who has committed campaign finance violations. Barack Obama did it. Hillary Clinton did it. Okay, John Edwards famously did it and was defended by the media. Here is, this one goes all the way back to 2011. Remember John Edwards? Okay, with the remember the, the video of him combing his hair? Fancy hair. And we found out he was hiding a love child and he was shacking up with a girl behind his terminally ill wife's back. Classy guy. John, <laughs> John Edwards talking to you about all the flaws in society and, you know, we need to restore honor and dignity to the office. Anyway, I'll be right back. I got to run to the Hot Sheets Motel and see my side chick. He seems like a real cut up, huh? Well, anyway, here was Chris Matthews condemning the indictment of John Edwards. It's clip 21. Our big question this week, does it strike you as appropriate for the Justice Department to go after John Edwards with a criminal investigation of the use of donated money for Edwards' mistress and their daughter, Joe Klein. Leave him alone. I mean, why waste our effort on that when we haven't indicted a single banker yeah, okay. after, the, after the crash of 2008? I don't, know, I don't know enough of the facts. I don't know whether uh, Edwards personally directed uh, that this money should go to some kind of cover-up uh, of his mistress, but millions of dollars. Was it campaign money, though? I don't... No, millions and millions. I don't know enough of the facts. Do you think there's politics in this prosecute? Was it just a Republican U.S. attorney going after this guy, sticking around to do the dirty work for the R's? This looks like one of those things you read about in third world countries or in India or somewhere, or Pakistan, where they get somebody who's been out of office a couple of years, get them while they're dead, hit them with some incredible charge with campaign funding that nobody's ever heard of before, and put them away for a while. It just looks like revenge against the party, against somebody who lost an election. So think about that. This looks like some third world banana republic stuff to indict a guy on campaign finance violations a few years after he's gotten out of office. That was the claim when John Edwards was popped for this very thing. As you'd imagine, they're all singing a different tune today. Yo, media. You are so full of shit. A show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Right now, your 45th president is going across town, headed south on the FDR Drive down to Lower Manhattan to the courthouse on Center Street, where he will become the first United States president to be criminally indicted on what we do believe is a misdemeanor that's being bumped up to a felony. We're not quite sure. They haven't unsealed the indictment yet. There's a lot to figure out. And if anyone can do it, it is my next guest, who is not only 
a legal mastermind, but she's also figured out how to order a salad. She looked very passionate walking in with that salad. Emily Campagno <laughs> is here. Hey, girl. Hey, I had about three minutes to eat lunch, so that's the only reason I was like diving and swimming no, no. amongst it. I just, your enthusiasm for a salad. Like, I'm frequently told I need to eat salad. Like, it comes up a lot, but when I eat it, I don't ever come skipping into a room. Like, I come, I don't want to, I don't need to know what's in it. We have to do legal grown up stuff right now. Mm-hmm. But the point is, if I had your salad energy, I might have a totally different physique. Because there's Reese's pieces in my salad. All <laughs> oh, right, you do what do you got? Yeah. Are you doing you one of those? It's on. a deep fried bacon and yeah. gouda salad. It's cheese wrapped in lettuce. <laughs> There's not a piece of lettuce in there. Okay, so let's jump in, okay? Uh, the president had yet to surrender. They're about to unseal this indictment uh, at the point that he does. Now, based on what you know, they're not going to handcuff him or mugshot him. Correct. Okay. That's from what we understand thus far. Do you think just this is just speculative really quickly? You think on some level he's bummed if he doesn't get the mugshot? Because there was probably some good T-shirt money in there. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what a lot of people have argued. He has said uh, in the last hour that he does want to speak to the media. We're unsure if that means the hallway before the proceeding or after. But okay. depending on what occurs logistically, there mm-hmm. might be a live statement from President Trump okay. at the courthouse today. OK, so let me ask you this. Emily Campagna's in studio. When you hear 34 counts, OK, we don't know that that's true. But if, in fact, it is true, it would mean somebody from the grand jury divulged details of the indictment to the public. Isn't that technically could be construed as an an e-felony in its own right? Yes, with literally a greater chance of incarceration, a graver crime as construed by New York state law than this, the original misdemeanor. And keep in mind, this is under a DA who apparently, again, allegedly, Mm -hmm. uh, 34 counts of flimsy makes it stronger. But 21 arrests, 21 separate victims on 21 separate days was not enough for a perp to be granted a no bail and instead walked free to do the same thing. You don't say. Emily Campagno's in town. She's not happy, by the way. She. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Maybe that salad so wasn't true. as good as I said. I don't know. But uh, if you're just joining us, we're waiting for the president. He is en route to the courthouse. Kevin uh, is a killer caller. He is down in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Had a legal question for myself. But, Kevin, I brought some backup, man. <laughs> Wow, I'm intimidated. Emily Campagna with Jimmy Fallon. I don't know what to do now. What a, that, a you, you've ambushed me, Jimmy. Well, here's the thing now. <laughs> it's she brought Jimmy Fallon kryptonite because there's a salad in the studio, so I don't know how to act. <laughs> so it's it's really just you versus Emily right now. But did you have a, a legal question, Kev? Well, what what I was you guys at the end of the last hour were talking about this going to trial, Emily. Now. Isn't if if Trump's attorneys make a motion to dismiss, which of course will be overruled by this local judge, can't they stay this proceeding and appeal that? Because that federal charge, a, a local state or local prosecutor can't prosecute that federal charge, which they're trying to piggyback to make this a felony, which I think would they would win if they can get to the Supreme Court. Can't they cut this case off at the knees and prevent going to trial on that basis? They can certainly try, and you're right that every step of the way, every motion as introduced by Trump's team will have its own sort of litigation and procedural play out that will drag this out further and further. However, there is a precedence in this particular DA's office, in this particular in in New York State, of applying a misdemeanor to an underlying federal felony. It's just never been applied to federal felony election law. So the nuance, the detail, the specificity required for this particular um, 
if, if from what we understand thus far, if this is true, yeah. obviously it hasn't been unsealed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, then what we know that's the novel aspect, and that's the potentially jurisdictionally salty and unconstitutional aspect as well. What you articulated is what Trump's attorneys will argue undoubtedly, but it remains to be seen how that will play out because this whole thing is new. Kevin is yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's more that's more information than I knew. What were you going to say, Jim? Oh, no, I, I, I can't add anything to her legal theory. Like, unless you had a question about a traffic ticket <laughs> from my time as a cab driver. No, I wasn't about to add, add to that. I was just going to tell you I appreciate the depth of the question. It was actually a good question. And I think there are so many hypotheticals right now until they unseal this thing, you know. And then we'll find out, you know, what the haps are all about is what I would say. Um, But let me just piggyback off that for one second. You know, one of the things they're talking about, and I wanted you to weigh in, and maybe Kevin has some interest in this too, is the idea that he can't get a fair trial in a venue that has already chosen to indict him based on the flim-flam legalese we just heard everybody try to articulate. Um, Is there any chance a judge would grant him a change of venue, or are those hard to come by? I think it, it depends. We've seen both. Uh-huh. So I always revert back to, and I think you and I have discussed it before as well, the Boston Marathon bombing trial, Joker Tarnayev. There the judge essentially said, when, when the defense team argued, oh my gosh, this is such a biased pool, there's no way he can get a fair trial, he essentially said, well, the pool is so large, mm-hmm. there will be the possibility to find ultimately 12 impartial jurors. So if you're not going to find it impartial here, you're not going to find it impartial anywhere. However, we've also seen many high-profile crimes, violent and otherwise, that have been moved. So I think it depends, frankly, on the judge, and okay. I, would, I could see this going either way. Okay, so Kevin, if you were thinking about buying a bar in Staten Island, the answer is yeah. probably no. Because they're not going to be moving the trial there. <laughs> it seems like they never. It seems like they never change venues in these cases. But hey, Emily, I, I was watching uh, Jesse Waters last night. He was real fired up, and I thought he made some excellent points. I mean, this is he was contending this is a bookkeeping charge. I mean, mm-hmm. Michael Cohen was an attorney back at the time. President Trump paid his attorney one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. What would you call paying your attorney? I would think it would be legal expense. I mean, what is he supposed to put in there? Hush money paid to former porn star? Yeah, you should never do that. I've done that twice. It doesn't work (laughs) out at home. It does not, Kevin. It doesn't work out. Uh, Kevin, I don't want to lose you. I want to thank you for adding the depth that you did to the conversation. I'll have Emily piggyback off of what you said so we can go to commercial in a, a sober way that doesn't make you feel cut off. Kevin, you stole the show here. Honor to have spoken with the great Emily Campagno. I have a crush on you, but don't tell my wife. He was talking to me, Emily. <laughs> yeah, he was, was saying, no, he was talking to me. He must be confusing you. <laughs> so. All right, Kevin, clean up your act. I'll see you later. You know, guy was doing so good. <laughs> <laughs> he was, Kevin, you're so good. At it. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get him out. Yeah, we had time. All right, so just just to yeah. answer Kevin's question too. So ultimately, the the argument here is that 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 original misdemeanor um, falsifying <laughs> business records. Remember, the reason it was elevated to a felony again, uh-huh. arguably, we don't know is because of the intent to defraud. It's not simply falsifying and saying, well, this is legal expenditure and the reason why he gave Michael Cohen twice that much is so that it could be non-taxable income, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But the issue is that intent to defraud. So the argument is, well, who is he defrauding? It was his own business. So it's just taking what Kevin said a a Uh step further and sort of putting it neatly into a slot, which is essentially that prosecutors are going to argue it's a really specific, narrow sort of interpretation, and the defense is going to say it's broader. Aha. Emily Campagno in studio. We're interpreting what little we know about the Trump arraignment. It's going down right now. He has just made his way down to lower Manhattan. Uh, There are a sea of protesters, both for and against. Uh, It does seem to be 
uh, peaceful, which we are thankful for. We obviously don't want this to go the wrong way. Uh, but, you know, passions are <laughs> in this country right now, Em, we're in such a weird spot as a country. Like I never remember in my lifetime seeing the two parties become a couple that shouldn't be together and everyone knows it but them. Like I'm not saying we're going to have a national divorce or anything, but I am saying we're at that point now where the couple's like pass the ketchup and they're like, well, your mom's a drunk. But at the same time here, every single Republican is saying, like, this is an absolute travesty, and so are many Democrats. Yeah. So it's not so clean that your mom and dad are both fighting. It's I think it's quite obvious when Yeah. That in, I don't know how to make that analogy. That Alvin. This, but but, <laughs> like, but, but half, half the Democrats as well say this is nothing to be gleeful over. Yeah. This is a perverse use of the system. We don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. It sets horrible precedent, and it's not founded well, on anything. Well, that's legal. why I think it's so reckless is just give, give, given what you've just said. And given the condition the country happens to be in, like, who's looking at this like, you know, it'll help. <laughs> Again, this is a district attorney that in his first day in office Boom. said that he is reducing brandishing a gun during a robbery to a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. But he elevates this misdemeanor to a felony. It's ridiculous. Riddle me that. You nailed it, Em. As always, Emily Campagna, host of the Fox True Crime podcast. Check it out. Yes. Watch out. Numbered. There she goes. Uh, get her out. <laughs> get her out of here. Um. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your 45th president inside a lower Manhattan courtroom. What the hell is the world coming to? I do not know, but what this arraignment is coming to, uh, we are told that it should go down by 2.15 Eastern time, at which point they will unseal the indictment. And we'll be dealing on more than just speculation. As you'd imagine, you know, if you look, a, take a lap around the country right now, you know, over at MSNBC and CNN, this is a big party. OK, uh, Fox is down there as well. And, uh, you know, we've got John Roberts on the air doing what I'm doing. OK, this is what we know. <laughs> this is what we hope to find out. And then people can come in like Emily just did and give you a legal take. But none of this is live ammo till we actually hear what's in the Actual indictment. Trump truth socialed on the way down that it's an unfair venue. Some of the areas voted 1% Republican. This case should have been moved to nearby Staten Island, would be a very fair and secure location for the trial additionally. So I don't know that they'll grant him that motion. But from what we've been told, Trump's attorney not only plans to ask for a dismissal, but also plans uh, to ask for a move if, in fact, this trial goes through. Here was Joe Tacopina. He was on Sean Hannity last night, a show I will be on tomorrow night. Tonight I'm hosting Gutfeld at 11 o'clock. I don't mind mentioning it. I don't mind plugging it. I need all the ratings I can get. Yo, I'm doing this with a community college degree and a taxi license. The fact that I'm hosting the number one late night show in America tonight, no one has accomplished more with less uh, on paper, but I have you guys. I have you behind me uh, driving this bus, so you can't get off now. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> Joe Tacopina, Trump's um, attorney, not digging the potential bias of a New York City jury pool. Here is his clip, clip one. If this gets to a jury, and it really shouldn't get to a jury because this case should be dismissed on the law, but if it gets to a jury, you know, 
what I would do, what our team would do, what Todd and Susan would do, is simply look, you know, the drawers in the eyes and say, this is—you understand you're not voting for a political office here. This is not a presidential campaign or a gubernatorial campaign. This is someone's life and liberty. And, and this is much more serious than what side of the, the you know, political specter you're on. This is someone's life and liberty and whether they're deemed a criminal for the rest of their life. And most people that, that want to be able to look themselves in the mirror for the rest of their lives are going to follow the law and, and going to follow the facts. So there you go. And you know what? When you really think about it, okay, the issue they're running into is that it's hard. It's hard to believe in a city that's as overwhelmingly liberal as this one is, in a city that hates Trump as much as this one does, that people are going to process the facts of the case and not their political passions. Okay, you understand when it comes to Trump, okay, you're not dealing with people who are capable of having a rational discussion nine, 99 times out of 100. What you're usually dealing with is like, oh, you know, Trump. Ah! <laughs> they just, people lose their mind. They just walk up. They'll walk up to you on the street and start yelling at you if they see you in the hat. They're crazy. We once did a segment when I was first getting started at Fox. I was on with Harris Faulkner. And as you know, she loves having me on. That is offensive, and it is not true. All right, well, I was on with her somehow. And we were talking about how MAGA hats had become the ultimate symbol of, like, punk rock in that you had to be a little nuts to walk around here in one because you might get jumped like it's crazy. But in New York, you get on a train in a MAGA hat, you're getting punched on the subway. You're getting attacked. Okay, that's the jury pool that Donald Trump would be dealing with. So I think he's well within his rights to believe He's not getting a fair, you know, shake. Here is Alina Habba. She was on with Jesse Waters, uh, and she says New York's not planning on giving him a fair shake either. She's, of course, another member of the Trump defense team, clip six. No, I think it's very difficult. I, I'd like to have faith um, in this state, but I've been practicing and for him now for a couple of years and gone to court in New York for a few years, and I can tell you it's— um, it's not the same as, as representing anybody else. Unfortunately, people, no matter how much they try not to have their biases get involved, they do. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden's roaming free. We can't get a list on Epstein's Island. I mean, think about that. It's a lot of weird. I mean, I don't listen. For all we know, you know, when it comes to Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. Maybe. OK. He is absolutely positively trading on the family name to make money. We don't actually know under the eyes of the law if he should be prosecuted yet. We do know that they've made a hell of a whole lot of money and they've lied about it at every turn. That's what we know, which is genuinely, generally not a good sign. Okay, Joe Biden once said with a straight face, I never once talked to my son about his business dealings. We know that's not true. We've seen the emails. We've seen the photos. We've seen the thank you emails saying, hey, it was really great to meet with your dad yesterday. We've seen the emails that flat out say, hey, don't ever mention Joe's name in writing. It's in person only. I know you know that, but they're really paranoid. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Here's the Hunter Biden thing. And, you know, James Comer, you know, the Oversight Committee, they're looking into this. But what the Hunter Biden story really shakes out to be, whether it winds up being illegal or not, is at the end of Barack Obama's administration, if you remember— Joe Biden was Barack Obama's vice president for eight 
years. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He was a VP for eight years. And at the end of the administration, Joe Biden wanted to run for president. And Barack Obama came to him and said, The answer would be no. Told him to get out of the way. It's Hillary's turn. Obama thought so much of Biden, he talked him out of running in 2016. Come on, man. Okay. So what did Biden do at that point? Hey, I'm in my 70s. Hillary Clinton's the overwhelming favorite to beat Donald Trump. Wrong. But that's what the belief was. The belief in Vegas, she was an overwhelming. I mean, if you look at it as a football game, Hillary Clinton was a 21-point favorite in Vegas going into the 2016 election. 21-point favorites win the game about 99.9% of the time. Tell them like it is. So understand, Joe Biden left Washington under the belief that Hillary Clinton was going to be the next president, at which point she'd run for a second term, at which point he was finished in politics. But lo and behold, COVID happened. The pandemic happened. Fauci convinced Trump to shut down the economy and tank the economy. Okay, we had the societal unrest that was the summer of 2020 that often looked like a societal collapse. And they waged war on America. They told us we were systemically racist and we needed to get rid of the guy that had been in government for three and a half years and replace him with the guy that had been in government for 50 years. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. So we were told. Okay, and lo and behold, Biden, who had left Washington thinking he was never going to run again, was now going to run again, but with a lot of financial entanglements from his son, meaning his son got the green light clearly to go cash out on the old family name. Hey, we're done in Washington. This will be our golden parachute. Don't put it in writing. But, yeah, I'll meet your business partners. Yeah, we'll go to Cafe Milano. Tony Bobolinsky. You know, the guy that's been on Tucker multiple times saying, yes, I met Joe Biden. Yes, we discussed business. Yes, he was getting a 10 percent kickback on all the money. Are you the big man, Joe? All of that's real. And they lied about it. And you know what they say, you know, in politics where there's smoke. Well, Elizabeth Warren's probably trying to send a message. But the point is where there's smoke, there's also fire. We don't yet know that there is a there there. But the point Trump's attorney is making is the crime we're potentially prosecuting today is a lot less serious than the things we're not even looking into. Okay, one of the things she alluded to was Epstein Island, of all places. This is not okay. Not okay, because, as you know, uh, was a member of the White House, a former member of the Oval Office that was known to have frequented the place. Uh, I'm not going to name names. Let's just say he used uh, the slogan MAGA when he was campaigning for his first term in office. I believe that together we can make America great again. Now, that, to be clear, was him talking to an intern on Cigar Night. But the point is, there's been a lot of bad, bad boys in this country, and none of them are even being looked into. So a lot of people feel like this is a dereliction of duty. Back after this. You're listening to the most relatable man on the radio. Best way to describe him is to say he's the typical boy next door. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Now, as you know, I am filling in for Greg Gutfeld tonight. Oh, they're excited about that. 
However, I will not be on the air in the final hour of this show. Right? Right? But if anybody can lift your spirits, it's the man who's joining me now on the air. I'm about to hand the baton to the lovely and talented Sean Duffy. Oh, look at that. We're back. They're back on our side. What's up, Sean Giving Duffy? Giving me the keys, Jimmy Fallon, taking the last hour of Fox Across America. I'm completely honored and humbled that you would trust me with the car keys. I'm not going to drive in the ditch, or if I do, I can drive it back out of the ditch. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got insurance. But you got, you got, you got uh, gut filled tonight. You're hosting. So here's the deal, just so everybody understands what's going on. Trump here is in Manhattan. He's about to get arraigned in the next hour. Right. I have to write an opening monologue about this. I have to cover this. It's a, it's a, a, a night for yourself as well. You'll be hosting, okay, on the bottom line, a night of serious historical consequence, significance. 248 years in the making? Yes. So I have to go. I'm not even kidding you guys. They have to go put me down in the brain room with all of these facts and pieces of information before I start writing. And then they put a shock collar around my neck in case I write anything that's not, you know, you know like that. <laughs> I wish I could explain this to everybody. But, yes, I'm going into like a Scientology audit to write a, a monologue tonight for Gutfeld. That's awesome. But, it, but, but to, to get Gutfeld on such a big night, yeah, there's going to be so much material. I, I, I was, I was, well, I'll talk about this when you hand me the keys, but I was down at the Marjorie Taylor Green rally earlier today, and it was How'd that crazy. Go? Was it nuts? It was like 90% reporters, like yeah. all liberal. <laughs> Well, this is the then other the, thing. Then the 10% of Trump supporters, they were like the from the Island of Misfit Toys, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy down there with his 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 MAGA, you know, yeah. uh, bib overalls with no shirt underneath. You're like, oh, come <laughs> on, dude. Well, to be fair, like 30% of those guys are feds. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, 20% of them are Antifa guys. They're dressed up as MAGA guys. And here's the other thing, too, because I saw somebody yelling about how, like, look, there's not even a big turnout. I'm like, do you think anyone is going near this, knowing that if you, like, took a Polaroid in front of the Capitol, you're in solitary confinement, right? Right now, well, hundred percent. By the way, uh, the, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, made a warning to, to Marjorie Taylor Greene: "You yeah. better behave when you come here." Right? <laughs> Listen, the only bad behavior was coming from the left. So yeah. you had the protesters that are beating on their drums and blowing whistles, so you couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. Rock is pushing Trump supporters. By the way, they're separated. There's, yeah. a, there's a Trump side and an anti-Trump side. Oh, it's like the offspring, that yeah. song. you got to keep them separated. But they didn't separate. All the anti-Trumpers want to come to the Trump party. So they come in there, and they start blowing their whistles, pushing people. They're just bad, poorly behaved. <laughs> poorly behaved, Jimmy. Well, the like Trump- you and I when we were like seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> the day before like winter break, when the kids are yeah. rambunctious. Somebody needs to show a movie. That's what you're telling yeah. me. The sub needs to wheel out of VCR right now. Or like maybe the cops could show up while they, they're there, but like actually do their job and go, you're actually going to stay separated. Yeah, you you can't. Get away. This can't go on. Right. Sean Duffy is in studio. You talk about a win for the American people. Uh, Trump is in Manhattan Criminal Court. Uh, it is the first time in the 246-year history of the country uh, that we have crossed the threshold that we have. Uh, we're not doing it for, like, treasonous Russian collusion or selling nuclear secrets. Uh, basically, this is the O.J. chase if he double-parked outside Nicole's house. This, this is not murder. This is an accounting error. Yeah. Right? And uh, Trey Gowdy was just on Fox News a, a moment ago talking about, you know, if it's one crime, like one, and I'm using crime in air quotes, right, mm-hmm. that it was one accounting mistake in regard to Stormy Daniels, and you stretch that into 34 counts, yeah. that is not what the, the yeah. law intended. Yeah. You, you, you charge one count per violation, not 34 you know, felony uh, felony counts for. Uh, have you ever done that thing in the back of a long road trip as a kid, where you pull your gum out of your mouth and see how far you can stretch it to either side, and then in the middle it just disintegrates? That's this case. That's Alvin Bragg. They've taken the one count 
and they've stretched it so far to either side. It's well, now transparent. Well, it's going to be fascinating. So we get, we're going to see the, the indictment soon, what, mm-hmm. in the next uh, 20 minutes, yep. 25 minutes, which would be great to go. You know, what, what did he do? How, you know, what are yeah. the counts? And is there more than just Stormy Daniels yeah. or the McDougal woman? Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, it, but it is, I mean, I, I could tell you what, I, I, when, when Hillary Clinton, they're chanting, lock her up, mm-hmm. right? And I was like part of the rah, rah, lock. Yeah. When Donald Trump won, yeah. I came on Fox and was like, listen. You don't want to lock her up mm-hmm. because that breaks the country. Yeah. You split it, you divide it. The victor doesn't. To his go after credit, the he said he was glad she didn't get locked up. A hundred percent, because we love the country mm-hmm. and we know that if you do this, things break, things yep. change, yep. and it'll never be the same, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the start of a very new beginning. That's a darker, much darker chapter for America. Yeah, I don't think people get it. Sean Duffy is here. I hope you like what you hear because he is. You better in this plane. Don't turn the don't listen. Do me a favor. Just save me with Jimmy. Don't turn the radio off. Don't turn the dial. Stick with us. <laughs> no, Stick it's with be great. us here. It's gonna be great. Sure. Hey, by the way, I'm gonna bring my wife, Rachel Campbell Stuffy, is gonna come on fly. The That's first, amazing. You know, start of the next block. It's gonna yeah, be great. It's the right thing to do. It Sean, is, is. Sean Duffy in studio, hosting the final hour of the show. This is a guy who served us in Congress. This guy's been to the White House. I've been to the Waffle House. Okay, (laughs) I've been to the House of Pancakes. It's a different perspective. So you get some enlightenment from the Duffies. Uh, You get to hear plenty about their From the Kitchen Table podcast. Which I have my my Kitchen Table podcast cup here. Oh, it's so funny. Thank you. Maybe she can dish on the range of a Fox and Friends weekend host because I was talking to Hegseth about this yesterday. The things they cover. So Hegseth is on yesterday promoting his special. He's in the Holy Land, retracing the footsteps of Jesus. I'm like, you realize the last time I saw you, you were on a mechanical bull. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Three in the morning. You weren't following Jesus's camels. You were on a bull. And then he's talking about this case. Then he's yeah. talking about Britney Spears on the beach. And is she going to stay married? The, you're right. The range. The is range on Fox and Friends huge. and Fox and Friends weekends, I would argue, has got to be broader because you get into weekend stuff. You, you got it. You have to know everything, like the culture, the politics. The, it's it's the, unbelievable. The, the day. It, you know what? It's, and it's a lot of fun. They have they, they have more fun than you can shake a stick at. Yeah, do they ever? Uh, we're talking about right now, of course, uh, Trump is in court. Uh, It's the processing and arraignment has begun from what we've been told. Uh, But you don't get anything. All we got, Duffy, was an aerial shot of the motorcade going downtown, a two-second shot of him getting out of the cab, uh, the car anyway, and waving to supporters. Cab would be funny. Imagine he took (laughs) a yellow cab. (laughs) Jimmy's driving the cab. Just me driving along, and the president gets in. Lower Manhattan, Uh, 60 Center Street. Where are we going, sir? Oh, well, this guy looks familiar. Weird. That happens in the cab. You're so Uh, sleep-deprived, I might not have known it was him. I I love your hair color. Yeah. You know, I once drove Al Pacino and didn't know he was in my cab until he got out. I dropped him off at 30 Rock, just not doing the math in my head. He was on the phone. He had a hat on. But when he got out of my cab, he was promoting a film called Righteous Kill with Robert De Niro. And when he got out of my cab, a stampede of women started screaming and chasing him. And I was like, oh, my God. You didn't recognize the voice? It was just he was just like mumbling to himself. And I was so if you knew how little I slept as a cab driver. That's and I just want to point out none of my vehicular incidents happened when I was awake. So I don't feel like they should be Make, on my record. Making money, making making yeah. cash for the oh, family. Oh yeah, we were just bacon. printing cash in yes. that taxi. In the yellow cab prints cash. <laughs> we were just making all kinds of dough when we were awake. Of course, we weren't always awake. Uh, but right now, in the next hour, Sean Duffy is going to explain how Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is doing an even worse job of steering our justice system. Than I was of steal, stealing a taxi. That's a true story, Duffy. Uh, well, I, next time I have to hear that, but you're right. I am going to talk about that. Giddy up. <laughs> Give me the keys, Jimmy. Give me the keys. Up. Turn Here over. Come. It's Sean Duffy time, everybody. <laughs> 
live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey everyone, Sean Duffy filling in the last hour for Jimmy Fallon. He's off prepping for Gutfeld. You know, he has to get his mind right, think through all of his funny jokes. Jimmy Fallon writes all his own stuff, which is pretty cool. Uh, so it's fun to be sitting in the Jimmy Fallon seat. Uh, as I was mentioning uh, in the last hour, I actually went down to the uh, to the Marjorie Taylor Greene rally that's outside the courthouse, right? It's supposed to be a big rally, a lot of conservatives coming out. I didn't know what to expect. I was there reporting for Fox Business. And literally, it was 90% media from all over the country, bloggers, YouTubers, like all media. A few Trump supporters were there, some dressed crazy. Like there was, a, again, there was a, a Trump supporter in bib overalls with nothing underneath, some crazies yelling. But but the other, you know, 5% were, you know, just out to support Donald Trump. They believe he's being unfairly prosecuted. But on the other side of the Trump supporters were the anti-Trump supporters, where they're supposed to all congregate. So as this rally is supposed to start, the cops are supposed to keep the two separated. And there's, there's, uh, there's uh, cages or, or grills between the two protesters. Well, uh, the, 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 the anti-Trumpers in clear fashion, what do they do? They start blowing whistles, banging on drums, yelling, so you can't hear anything that's being said. But not only that, they're so miserable on the anti-Trump side rally that they want to come and have some fun with the pro-Trumpers. And so they come and they disrupt the Trumpers. They start pushing pro-Trumpers um, out of the way. One woman was pushed to the ground. And by, by the way, a- after I was there for a half an hour, we packed up and left. It was just, it was out of control. So I left my house early this morning, got the kids off to school, said goodbye to my lovely wife, Rachel, uh, and and came in and, and, uh, and went to the rally. So uh, I missed her this morning. So because I missed her this morning, I thought, well, why not bring her on Fox Across America and have her join us on the radio? Let's bring in my lovely wife, the co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend, Rachel Campos Duffy. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Hey, I did miss you. I love having coffee with you in the morning, and we couldn't do that because you had to get down to that Trump rally. But it sure looks like quite a scene um, from what I could see and a lot of craziness and people provoking and um, interesting that there's mostly media. Sean, I have to tell you, I believe the timing of this is very interesting, which is why I hope Jim Jordan gets to the bottom of whether there was coordination between Alvin Bragg and the DOJ and the administration, because what this is doing is just wiping off the media landscape, wiping out of the headlines, the biggest, one of the biggest stories, which is the fact that um, all those financial records have come out proving that uh, Hunter Biden and, and, and Bo's widow who Hunter was, you know, having sex with and Joe Biden's brother and probably Jill and Joe themselves, because we haven't gotten completely to the bottom of who else got payments, but they were all on the tape from China. And so funny how we're not talking about that right now. He has all uh, a conversation about Donald Trump and did Donald Trump commit a crime? And finally, he's being prosecuted. A lot of Democrats, a lot of liberals don't don't even know what the charges are or if they're valid charges. What they really want is to say, I just want Donald Trump prosecuted. I don't care for what. He was a horrible president. I hate him. I hate his Twitter. I hate his fights. So he needs to go to jail. That That is the extent of a lot of people I talk to, their analysis on Donald Trump and the case against him. Yeah, the people in the crowd, they really do hate him. But the people orchestrating all of this, Sean, just 
it's election interference, and it's also trying to take this big story off of the headlines. And you remember last week, or you know, before all this came down with Alvin Bragg, like a couple of days before, someone in the press actually asked Joe Biden about the financial records, and he said they're a lie. That's a lie. Well, it's not a lie. Financial records are the financial records, and there, there's no lies about it. Um, they they gave they took uh, several million dollars and parsed it off to different members of, of Hunter Biden's family, none of them having any expertise in energy, and yet they were getting, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, several million divided out into hundreds of thousands to, um, you know, the Biden family. And that was a way to sort of get the IRS and probably other people off their trail. But the, the numbers are there, and, and Joe Biden lied. Um, his family did receive money from from a Chinese energy company with connections to the um, Communist Party in China. And so the question now, back to your original uh, you know, thing about this rally for Trump and what's happening to Trump is, even if it was true, I mean, we know it's just an accounting area, era, but you know, even if they want to get them for getting, you know, trying to give hush payment money to a, to a hooker, you know, it's essentially what Stormy Dan- Daniels is. Even if you believe that, do you care more that, you know, a former president gave money to, you know, a, a porn star hooker or that, you know, your current president got money from the Chinese, that he was paid off by the Chinese communist government and his family got rich from it, which matters more in your life. Um, it's obvious that we're getting sold out by the Chinese, whether it's strategic oil, um, they're, they're gobbling up all of the Western hemisphere with their relationships with the Chinese, with the, with Latin American countries. Um, and, and our government's doing nothing about it. They're beating us in energy. They're paying off, you know, environmental groups in America to get us to stop producing oil. I mean, all of this stuff is happening and we're losing our place in the world because our president is compromised to the Chinese. Well, you, you say that in, in a way as if this was not intentional. And I'm sorry, I look at what the left is doing. You mentioned energy, the fact that we are now very concerned that that uh, China, I'm sorry, uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia are going to reduce their production, OPEC plus, by a million barrels a day. We're concerned about that because America has reduced its production of oil and gas because of Joe Biden's policies. If you want to make sure you can compete with China, you have to have really well-educated young Americans. you got to have great schools where they're learning math and science. They know how to write. They know English. They know an accurate history of their country and the world. What the left has done on top of the energy is say, you know what, we want to send kids into K through 12, but then also into college, and we want to dumb everything down to them. We want to talk to them about two things. We want to talk to them about global warming, and every year their science is global warming. And then we want to talk to them about you know the, the transgender issue or the the CRT issue. And they're not they're they're not they don't have the meat of a great American education, which means we are not going to be a country of the next innovators and creators, the next technologies that are going to rule the world aren't going to come from America because we're not producing the talent with an education that can actually develop and innovate those new products that will that will control the next generations in the world. Yeah, I mean, we've completely eroded the meritocracy, Sean, and that's a that's a real concern. I mean, you've talked a lot about what's happening to some of our most important companies. We're not hiring the best and the brightest. And that, of course, is how countries begin to erode. You know, in Latin America, that happened all the time, right? You'd have some big, strong, you know, 
dictator type come over. They, you know, take over all the private industries. They put in their friends who don't know anything about oil. This is kind of what happened in Venezuela. And then, you know, with time, you know, suddenly the, you know, the greatest oil producer in Latin America um, isn't producing oil effectively. And now they're the poorest country (laughs) in Latin America. And it happens. It doesn't happen instantly. But it happens over time, and we're seeing that erosion. We're seeing our pilots are not the best pilots. We're, we're seeing even in the military a lot more accidents and things that happen because we're not hired. We're not, you know, recruiting and putting in the in positions the generals and even the the pilots that are the very very best. We're looking at diversity and equity and all this other stuff, and little by little we're losing our edge. And it's a really dangerous time to do that because right now China's on the move. I mean, we, we're you know we're preparing for war with, uh, over this Taiwan issue. Um, and when I've asked generals, retired generals who come on our show, are we ready? Can we win this? Some of them say no, and some of them say, I don't know. I mean, that's scary. It is completely scary. I want to go back to the, to, to the uh, arraignment because right now Donald Trump is being processed. Uh, the first time uh, an American president has been uh, arraigned or charged uh, with a crime in the history of our country, almost 250 years. Um, but I want to just talk about the history of this. So Hillary Clinton, uh, all of us know she was, you know, she she had uh, classified documents on a private server. They weren't adequately secured. That's a crime. The FBI decided not to uh, press charges against her famously in the run-up to the 2016 election. Hunter Biden, a number of criminal violations, but, you know, whether it was the, the, the gun or the lobbying without registration, uh, a number of different things that he did that he could be charged for. We're, we're not cert- certain about Joe Biden yet, but the, the laptop and the big guy and the testimony or the or the uh, not testimony, but the, the conversation that Tony Babalinski had with with yeah. uh, Tucker Carlson, all those things would lead you to believe the FBI should do a forensic audit to look at the bank records of Hunter and Joe Biden to see if Joe Biden was making money during uh, his vice presidency with Barack Obama. Now, flip the page, and you have General Flynn that was prosecuted under the Trump administration, Roger Stone, Manafort, Navarro, Bannon, and now Trump. This has been uh, a classic use of the criminal justice system by liberals to go after their political enemies. And so my question for you, do you have to have reciprocity do, do Republican or conservative prosecutors have to go after uh, Democrat politicians just to get us to equilibrium, to get both sides maybe to say we should stand down? Maybe we shouldn't be doing this to each other. Maybe this is the wrong course for America. Maybe we should actually have what we had for the first you know, 246 years where we don't actually prosecute uh, uh, our, our politicians. Chuck, before I answer this question, I, I just want to um, just – maybe emphasize how important I think what's happening is. And and one of the things that really brought it to me, to my attention was this weekend on Fox and Friends, I interviewed a woman, a Chinese woman who lived under the Chinese cultural revolution of communist China, um, a man from Albania who lived under communism there. And then um, a a veteran who ran for Congress, Hung Kao, whose family had lived under uh, communist Vietnam, and all of them had experienced their own family members um, who were opposing the communist regime, had family members who were killed um, in this. And each one of them said that the beginning of these revolutions, the beginning of this tyranny and this authoritarianism 
it all looked like this. They looked terrified in, in a way that I don't see Republicans, even Republicans who are angry because they see the injustice. I didn't see this. I still have not seen the fear um, and the concern that I, have, I saw on the faces of these three people that I interviewed this weekend on Fox and Friends. Because they've seen it um, before, right, Rachel? They, they, they saw what happened. Yeah. They have seen it before. And they said all of us, you know, so many people thought it wouldn't, it wouldn't go as far as, you know, the supporters. They said this is how it starts. They go after the leader. Then they go after his family and his businesses. And they go after the supporters. And look. You can just look at January 6th. They've already done that. And there's two tiers of justice, the way so many, uh, you know, of, of those, um, you know, political prisoners, truthfully. I mean, whoever thought, you know, that we, I would say we have political prisoners in America. We do. And they're sitting in, in D.C. prisons right now, and they're not receiving justice the way, um, you know, they deserve and, and, and the way they should under this Constitution. And they're getting crappy lawyers who hate them. And, I mean, there's all kinds of things happening to them, the way they are mistreated. Um, and the way their trials have gone on for so long and they're still languishing in jail. And some of them have actually some of the people who have been under investigation with this cloud over them by the DOJ who didn't do anything. One of them, several of them have committed suicide. Um, many of them have had their lives destroyed. They can't even but, rent a hotel room, let alone hold down a job. But this Rachel, but, but, already, on, but, but on top of that, you have the FBI that was targeting conservative Catholics, those that go to the to the Latin mass. They were right. a potential uh, uh, t- uh, white supremacists, <laughs> right? And or, same with domestic terrorists at the in Virginia with the with the with the school board. So anybody who was opposing their agenda um, is is, is now some, you know the terrorists, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. The FBI has been weaponized. The DOJ has been weaponized to go over Joe Biden's to go out and get Joe Biden's opposition on some level, and it is a really scary time. So back to your question about well, mutually I, 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 destruction. I, you got to go quick because I got to go to break. In a, I'll tell a you trial. really quick. It's absolutely what needs to happen. I just wonder if the Republicans have the stomach for it. But it's the only way that this will end. And you're right. I don't want it to happen, but I think you're right. It's the only way it ends if both sides live under the same set of rules. Uh, Rachel Campos-Duffy, who I'm going to be happy next Monday celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary with nine kids. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we find a great place to go out to eat after the bottom line. I guess that's my job to plan. Right now, I'm making you some rice and ham soup for when you come home tonight. You know what? Thank you for that. I love that. I know you love that. By by the way, before (laughs) I let you go, Rachel, if people want to call in and chat, we're going to open the phone lines after the break. It's 888-788-9910. The phone number is 888-788-9910. Rachel Campostuffy, the hottest member of Fox and Friends Weekend and probably all of Fox. Thank you for joining me as I'm filling in for Jimmy Fela as he's off prepping for Gutfeld. I know. I love you, honey. <laughs> love See you, you too. Soon. Thanks. All right. We'll be right back. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey everyone, Sean Duffy here filling in for Jimmy Fallon the last hour. He's out prepping for Godfeld right now, hosting tonight. It's going to be a great show. Make sure you tune in for that. We want to open up the phone lines here. I want to go to Jason in Galveston, Texas, for his opinion, his thoughts on what's going on in America today. Jason, you're on. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, I was just sitting there thinking, why now? Why drop this television bomb now? And I've been listening to everything, and I thought, well, wait a minute. I need to rewind. 
Jim Jordan was talking about receipts to Joe Biden in the tens of millions, we don't know how much, but it's very a lot. And what would be the access to Joe Biden? What would he? What could he give? And he says, I really just don't know. And then a few days later, Trump tells um, uh, Sean Hannity, hey, do you know we were to hold that air base in Afghanistan indefinitely? A one-hour flight away from that air base was the manufacturing and storage of Chinese nuclear weapons. And I was like, okay, you add that together. You had that balloon. The access might end up being that um, – you know, Biden was to surrender that air base for what he got for money so China can have, have their stability in uh, nuclear practicing that they're doing. You're talking I mean, about we, the, we just, the, the, the Bagram? We straight out walked away from a front of a nuclear threat and gave that air base to them. You're talking about the Bagram Air Base uh, in Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah. But also— a one-hour flight. Yeah, Jason, you, you look at this as well, you know— Joe Biden keeps talking about, I'm going to build the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. Well, you look at middle America, they are struggling. People's wages are not keeping up with inflation. They are poorer under the Joe Biden economy than they were under the Trump economy. And so to your point, this may just be a distraction. Don't talk about inflation. Don't talk about the increased gas prices. Don't talk about crime or the border. Talk about Donald Trump again. And that's been the left's left's mantra. Always keep the focus on Donald Trump, not their failed policies. Yes, that too. How are things in Galveston, Texas? People angry about the Trump indictment? Well, we know that it's straight out political, and they're not they're 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 not in the interest of the American people. I mean, they're they're we're we're watching citizens being imprisoned as political prisoners. You, you know, I mean, I I see the Republicans pour strength out into the world to strengthen our nation and to stabilize the world with their wars. And then when the Democrats fully got charged, they did an about-face and turned that power toward the citizens. Jason, you're right, and, and they made America weaker on the world stage, and they're prosecuting Democrats as well. Jason from Galveston, Texas, thanks for joining us on Fox Across America. We're going to be right back after this break with Russell Fry, congressman from South Carolina. I got the car key, Sean Duffy here as we cruise Fox Across America as Jimmy Fela is prepping for hosting Gutfeld tonight. He's got to write his monologue. He's really into it. At the same time, we're watching the Trump arraignment. He's been processed. Donald Trump has, and now the arraignment is taking place. Later on today, we're going to find out uh, what the court decides. Is there going to be a gag order? Will Donald Trump be able to talk about the criminal case? Already, the judge uh, denied allowing cameras in the courtroom. Uh, allowing for some extra privacy for the proceedings, not turning it into a circus and uh, just a bizarre show. So good, good on the good on the court up front. But the question is, what happens with regard to Trump's ability, Donald Trump's ability, former President Trump's ability to talk to the American people as he runs for president, as the front runner for the Republican nomination? We will see that shortly, uh, as the arraignment's going on right now in a New York City courtroom. To talk further about this, let's bring in South Carolina Congressman Russell Fry. He's on the Judiciary Committee and Oversight Committee, two very important committees as we look not just at what Alvin Bragg has done. Did he partner or collude with the DOJ? Did he get money from the DOJ as he's, he's investigated this case? But also, where is the investigation with Joe Biden and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden taking money from countries overseas and 
did that money get into Joe Biden's pocket when he was the vice president? That's illegal. You can't do that. You can't make money serving the American people and then make money from your son who's getting cash to sell the country out from foreign players. Russell Fry, welcome to Fox Across America. Thanks for joining me. Always good to be here. Thank you for, for having me today. So, Russell, just let me get your initial reaction to what's happening today in New York City and the prosecution of Donald Trump. Well, I, I think it's a I think it's a tragedy. I mean, you look at you look at where we are. This has never been done before, and I can't underscore that enough. I mean, there's been so many norms that seem to be shattered every single day by the left, uh, and this is just another one. And this is you know, I think this tears uh, at the fabric of of the rule of law, who we are as a people. Uh, where you have a state district attorney that has taken it upon himself to campaign on prosecuting Donald Trump, ignoring the crime in his own city, uh, and then finding a way uh, to level charges against the former president. I think it's a sad day for the country. I think it's a sad day for the rule of law. You know, on Tucker, on Thursday night, Ned Ryan was on, and he said, the only way this stops is you need mutual assured destruction that the way you treat Republicans, Democrats, is the way that Republicans are going to treat you. And so uh, to, to, to bring up this example, Nancy Pelosi kicked off Jim uh, Banks and Jim Jordan off the January 6th committee, wouldn't let them serve. But they, Nancy Pelosi completely kicked Marjorie Taylor Greene off all committees. She couldn't serve on committees. Now, Republicans take the majority, and Kevin McCarthy, uh, who I served with, I know well, you know well, chose not to, to uh, remove Democrats from every single committee, just certain committees, um, like the Intel Committee or the Foreign Affairs Committee. So even right there, Republicans aren't treating Democrats the way Democrats treated Republicans. Do you think it's a sound strategy to have Republicans use the law the same way Democrats have used the law against Trump or Flynn or Roger Stone or Manafort or Navarro or Bannon? Should they do the same thing? Well, I think that's what's coming next, right? I mean, you're you're seeing right now what is going on. Republicans are already gearing up. They've already committed. The judiciary has committed to to evaluating and investigating uh, the prosecution under Bragg. What is going on there? So I think you're starting to see these things take place. But at the end of the day, look where most Americans are at. When you look at um, uh, people who are tossed off committees, you know, an anti-Semite has no business being on the foreign. Uh, the Foreign Affairs Committee, right? I mean, that's just simple stuff. That's not who we are as as, a, as an American people. Uh, so I think that 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 you know where we're headed is uh, what Republicans are doing is focused on right now, uh, investigating the Biden regime. Obviously, Treasury just came through with a, a, a trove of suspicious activity reports. We're using that as a basis to get other stuff. You remember how this goes pretty well. You know, when when they are blocking you. Uh, it takes a while to kind of get that stuff because they're not just willingly giving it over. So I think Republicans are taking a pretty aggressive approach right now uh, in in getting to the bottom of some of these things. So I, I take your point on um, uh, the, what, what, what McCarthy did. But again, Adam Schiff is serving on a committee. He's not serving on intel, but he's still serving on committees in the House. Kevin did not remove him from all committees. And that's what happened to to three Republicans under Nancy Pelosi's rule. You got it. You got And again, by the way, I don't like this. I wish that Kevin didn't have to kick Democrats off committees. I don't care if if Democrats want to put Adam Schiff on the Intelligence Committee. I, I don't like it, but I will buy that because I believe that each party has the right to put their people on what committees they see fit. When 
we start kicking people off, you start to break norms that we had since the start of the country. And here again, we're breaking the norms of the country by this this uh, state prosecutor going after Donald Trump. So to, to your uh, work on oversight and, and, and I, the FBI should be in, the FBI should be doing a lot of this investigation. They seem to be dragging their feet or uninterested in, in investigating Democrats, but especially Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Will you get the evidence necessary to expose what happened here to the American people? Well, I hope to. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we have to and you remember this from your days in Congress, too. When Treasury, you know, Chairman Comer had been requesting these things via letter forever, and they never showed up. And, of course, we take the majority through a threat of subpoena. We finally get these suspicious activity reports where we see uh, really $3 million get wired into a middleman and then distributed out uh, to members of the Biden family, including, I think, three transactions that are just labeled Biden. We don't know what account that is, who holds it, who has control of it. Uh, obviously, those things are ongoing. So I think that's just the tip of the iceberg. Look, it was right after he leaves uh, his role as vice president, this gets wired in. And if it's if it's for a legitimate purpose, why use a middleman? I think everyone in America kind of smells that there's something weird that's going on here. Uh, so for for me, uh, you know, I think we need to continue on uh, requesting things, getting testimony, subpoenaing information. To try to to try to understand exactly what is going on, because up to this point, heck, even the day that this stuff broke, if you remember, President Biden denied that it even existed. I mean, they are continually denying the existence of of this information, and so we have to go about the hard way, unfortunately, of getting it ourselves. Well, the information that Hunter Biden actually admitted was true. You know, Correct. Joe Joe and Hunter might not have spoke on uh, uh, Hunter Biden admitting. The fact that the laptop was his and the laptop was uh, was real. I mean, I think it's interesting the suspicious activity reports. You're you're talking, there were payment payments made to a Biden, and we still don't know what Biden that is. Do we know what bank it is? Have you subpoenaed right, the bank so to 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 tell you who is the owner of that account? Well, that's what's next, right? The, those subpoenas and those. Uh, discussions are ongoing. What we have is suspicious activity reports where you can link a lot, and it usually has the name of the uh, account. So it could be a random business entity that's controlled by uh, one of the Biden family members. But there were three transactions that are just labeled Biden uh, that, that we don't know exactly who controls it, who had access to it. Uh, but at the end result, what we see now because of these reports is money that went from a Chinese energy company to a Biden family associate. Uh, and then wired out almost in thirds, uh, a third going to the Biden family associate, a third going to another uh, associate, and a third being split amongst uh, Biden family members, including Haley Biden. So, Russell, let's let's be clear, because if Hunter Biden has his dad in the White House as the vice president and he wants to go sell his wares and his access to his dad overseas and he reports uh, adequately all of the work that he does per the law, that's actually not illegal. So we might go, that that smells, we don't like that, um, that's slimy. All those things are true, but it's not illegal for, for Hunter Biden to make money overseas and have access to his father. That's okay. The problem is, did Joe Biden make money by giving his son Hunter access for all of this foreign cash that went in? And it's it's shameful that the FBI has been unwilling to dig deeper into this investigation, which, and I don't know what you think about this, but I, it, whether it's Donald Trump or if it's Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramswamy, you have to get rid of the union 
the civil service code that allows these left-wing lifer liberals to sit in these agencies in government, even the DOJ, the FBI, um, and they never get out. And so even though you win the presidency and you have a secretary in a in an agency, you can't move. You can't do anything because they stonewall you at every turn. So really, elections don't have the intended consequence because the government, those government employees work against a guy like Trump for four straight years and you can't accomplish your agenda. No, I think I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that was when you talk to former Trump officials, uh, they said we got so much done, but we could have gotten so much more done if we weren't battling with an administration that theoretically we were in control of. Um, you know, so I, I think to your point, um, you, you, we've got to reform that. I think there's some legislation pending. You know, I think the House might be uh, more poised to, to act on that than the Senate, obviously. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it is a problem where you where you continually see. Uh, people behind the scenes kind of uh, thwarting uh, really the, the the desires of the executive branch of the president. So, Russell, we still have the arraignment inside the courthouse uh, going on. Um, it is a groundbreaking day as America watches an indictment of an American president. Um, I was on the streets today talking to uh, Trump supporters and non-supporters. And across the board, is the one thing everyone agreed with. I asked if they... Uh, Donald Trump would have um, a fair jury in New York. And virtually everyone said, uh, no, he won't. What do you make of that? Well, I, I think that's actually a remarkable. I would expect Republicans to say that. But if it's universally uh, the case, uh, I think that, that makes the case even more so to remove that from that jurisdiction. And again, I think this invites a, a constitutional question of why are state district attorneys, could my district attorney, who's a Republican, charge Joe Biden with jaywalking? I mean, this is, this is where this goes. This is the natural progression of what is going on right now. Uh, where you have a state district attorney who really gets elected because he says he's going to prosecute the president and then finds a way to to invent a crime that was committed to to level these charges. Uh, but to your point, we, you know, th- this this makes the case that that removal from that jurisdiction uh, should probably happen. Russell, before I let you go, are any Democrats in Congress that you're talking to? Um, stepping up and saying, you know what? I hate Donald Trump. I don't like Donald Trump. I don't like America, make America great again. I don't like his Twitter account. But you know what? This is wrong. We shouldn't do this to an American president. Are any Democrats standing up and pushing back on Alvin Bragg? None, none that I've seen, but I have, you know, obviously you remember this too when you were there, but I have seen them push back on this administration. So there's probably a few of them out there, but that's why we need them to stand up because this isn't a red or blue issue. This is a red, white, and blue issue. And, you know, we can't afford to lose our country, our adherence to the rule of law, our appreciation for the rule of law uh, because of a partisan witch hunt. And that's kind of what seems to be going on right now that you have a the, the state DA who really has you know has seen crime skyrocket in his his jurisdiction now you know turn around and, and in an effort in my opinion to resurrect the political career uh, level these charges. I would just use a, a line from the left: "Silence is political violence against Donald Trump." Democrats that stand up, speak out, let their voices be heard about how, how outrageous this is because what they reap, they will sow. This is going to come their way. Russell Fry, uh, always smart. Thanks for joining me on Fox Across America. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. Good luck. You have two great committees that America's watching. Stick to it. All right, listen, we're going to come back shortly after the break. I want to talk about Democrats and their conversation about threat 
to democracy and what that means today. What truly is a threat to democracy? We'll be right back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. A blast from the past 1980s safety dance. My goodness, I don't think Donald Trump getting arraigned right now is doing the safety dance. Uh, not at all. Sean Duffy in for Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America. Jimmy's uh, in tonight for Greg Gutfeld. So we had to get out an hour early, write his monologue, write his jokes, prepare to be the funniest man that he always is. So uh, I got the, the treat of getting the car keys and sitting in for the last hour. Now, Democrats, you can, you've heard them. But for the last... For six years, they talk about it's a threat to democracy. Donald Trump getting getting elected by the American people is a threat to democracy. Donald Trump's Twitter account is a threat to democracy. Um, you know, every every turn, it was a threat to democracy. But if you want to talk about what is actually a threat to democracy, when a democracy is perverted and warped, and will be used to prosecute to persecute a former Republican president who's actually running to regain the seat he once had. He's running for president. He is the lead contender by far in the Republican primary. And Democrats decide we can't have Donald Trump anymore. And by the way, we can't let the American people decide whether Donald Trump and his economy will be better than what we have under Joe Biden. We can't let them determine that. We have to actually prosecute him to make sure that the American people see him as a threat and they don't have an option to actually vote for them. So what Democrats are doing here in New York City, Alvin Bragg, taking these are trumped up charges. At best, it's an accounting error. If you believe Michael Cohen, the former lawyer of Donald Trump, it is an accounting error that Donald Trump made, that the Department of Justice turned down, that the Federal Elections Commission turned down. Even Alvin Bragg. Cy Vance, the former prosecutor in New York, turned all these charges down. Now Alvin Bragg feels a pressure, feels like a campaign is coming for re-election, and therefore, to appease his base, he's going to prosecute Donald Trump and democracy be damned. They don't care about democracy. They don't care about the freedom of speech. When I was down at the rally, they didn't want to hear the left. The anti-Trumpers didn't want to hear anybody speak. They wanted to shout down, blow whistles, beat drums, so... The voices of those who were there to support Trump could not be heard. This is shameful. And the only way you push back, it's twofold. You activate, you get engaged, you work on campaigns, you give some resources, and anyone who doesn't truly support democracy or the freedom of speech, you don't support. That's number one. And the second is those who are in office say there can only be one standard of the law that applies to everybody. You can't have a standard that applies to Michael Flynn, Roger Stone, Manafort, Navarro, and Bannon, and Donald Trump, a Republican standard that's far below the law, and a different standard, the traditional standard that applies to Democrats. That'll never work. It will never end. The persecution of Republicans will continue. As uh, Ned Ryan said on Tucker on Thursday night, on Thursday night, you need mutual assured destruction. Both sides have to get blown up if they go down this path. And once both sides realize that they're at risk of these new policies that, um, that are bad for the country, bad for politicians, bad for people who raise their hand and say, I want to serve my country, I want to run, that's when it'll change. That's when sound people of sound mind will step forward to go, 
we have to end this. This is bad for all of us. But unless Republicans play by the same rule book that Democrats play by, it'll never happen. And by the way, I, I say this with reservation. I really do because I love my country. I don't want us to go down this path. I think this is a horrible path to go down. But I don't know how you pull your country back. I don't know how you pull the rule of law back and get it back to where it was eight years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. It doesn't go back unless you force it back. And again, in a democracy, there can't be rules for some and no rules for others. You can't let protesters uh, abuse and beat buildings and people with Black Lives Matter riots, but then throw folks on January 6th in jail. Fox Across America, Sean Duffy filling in for Jimmy. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.